Welcome to DFS with Fields of Fantasy, hosted by Johnny B, Dowie, and our DFS expert, Riku. How's it going, everybody? It is your boy, Johnny B, and we are back here for week three of DFS with Fields of Fantasy after another fun-filled and interesting DFS Sunday slate in week two. Well done to um, Phil McCann, who, of course, took home the win in the Fields of Fantasy DFS contest over at DraftKings this week. Make sure you enter this week as, as well. $5 buy-in, top three payout. We had 65 this week, which is the highest we've ever had. A nice 145 ish dollar pot for the winner, so that was a nice one. And, of course, uh, Phil McCann is one of the guys from um, our sponsor, Stateside Sports. He's heavily heavily interacting in that group, so it's nice to see uh, one of the boys from our sponsors uh, getting the win. Um, as always, I am joined by Dowie and our DFS expert, Riku. How did you find uh, week two, everybody? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a good week. I, uh, I cashed on a few things. I ended up down in the end, but... Uh about 30% or so, but had, you know, had a couple of hundreds of wins, just over hundreds of wins. Um, I think the the obvious play which I played was Herbert and were double stack given that Tennessee pass funnel. Um, but it was Danny Dimes and Dan, Daniel Jones who was the skeleton key to win, win any DFS tournaments. And uh, I think it was a high scoring slate. So that was great to see. And yeah, from an NFL perspective, much better than uh, week one. And I was just saying to Dowie earlier that it feels like so many players are rested in preseason. So week one is a bit of a sort of getting up to speed. And week two, you've got, um, you know, teams are better up to speed, but also we know a bit more. And I think we still don't know much uh, at this point about who are the starters and who's playing. But nice to also see some of the rookies making roads, whether that be Bijan, Reed, Tankdale mm. and others. So it's it's going to be an exciting one this week. Were you expecting um, Russell Wilson to uh, make the difference in uh, our contest this week? His pass at the end um, literally won the contest for the winner. I know. I mean, you, you'd be uh, tilting so hard if you were top and in any kind of tournament or... You had any sort of cashing, and suddenly all the Russell Wilson lineups uh, jump ahead. So, no, but that's the beauty of uh, the NFL, right? And a few years ago, we had yeah. the Hale Murray, if people remember that, where he threw the uh, long touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins. And I know some people, it was a showdown game. And I know some people uh, were talking about losing thousands on the Hale Murray, on the Hale Murray throw from Carl uh, Murray to. Um, to the end zone to hit Hopkins a few years ago. So these things can happen. It's all swings uh, in DFS, right? So we we do love this for this reason. Yeah, definitely. I feel like we've done a bit of a review now of last week. Should we just go into a, a yeah. preview rather than both this week? Yeah, happy to do that. So uh, again, uh, the NFL has lots of games on different sl- slates for TV purposes, but we have a 12-game slate this week. Um, interestingly, none of the games are predicted to be high-scoring, so none of them uh, top of 50 points marks, according to bookies. 
there's lots of one-sided games. So we've got the Jags face against Houston, who are 9.5 favorite. The Ravens against the Colts, they're an eight-point favorite. Seahawks against the Panthers, six-point favorites. But even more uh, bigger favorites are the Chiefs against the Bears, a 13-point favorite. So uh, that's two touchdowns, essentially, uh, favorite. So that, interestingly, that is the second highest uh, point total. So the Chiefs against the Bears are is a 47.5 total game. Uh, the Dolphins against uh, the Broncos could be probably the most interesting game of the slate from a DFS perspective. That's uh, 48 points with Dolphins favored at six and a half points. So maybe we get some Russell Wilson action mm. again. Um, I think without Ramsey, obviously Miami's pass defense isn't as good, but uh, what we've seen is they're actually a massive run funnel at this part of the season in the Fangio defense. The other high, high total games, we've got the Lions, uh, who had a great game against the Seahawks last week. They'll be playing in the Dome at home uh, against the Falcons. So I'm sure people will be looking at Bijan in that game. Uh, and then finally, the other game uh, probably worth calling out is uh, your beloved Bulls, who are playing against the Commanders. So Bulls playing away from home, uh, six and a half point favourite. But all of the games are more or less in that 40 three to 48 range it's obviously early mm. in the week so this is tuesday uh there could be injuries there could be weather concerns there could be all sorts of things to push point totals up and down but i i see this being a fairly flat uh slate in the sense that there probably won't be one game that everybody has to consider when they're building lineups so you can probably pick the games you want and focus on those in your lineup building. Whereas last week, everybody's favorite game was, for obvious reasons, the Jags against the Chiefs, which massively underwhelmed and sort of killed a lot of my rosters and other people's when you had Trevor Lawrence double stacks. But this week, it could be any of these games. Um, really Am I really saying um, Chargers and Vikings are on this slate? I think uh, that's a pretty scoring 51. Is that... Um, yeah, you actually, sorry, you're right. Oh, didn't have that on my sheet. I knew I missed something. Great content. Yeah, charges against Vikings. Good one. Uh, that's a 40, that's a, a 54 point total. So that is a massive one, right? Um, the only thing, uh, Vikings are favored by half a point. So it's either way. So that is absolutely, yeah, that's the game that I think a lot of people flock to. And you've got the most expensive pieces there in terms of Hawkinson, but particularly uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, but yeah, that's the game that blows everybody out of, everything out of the water. So An Eckler if he's fit, but I don't think he will be, but we'll see. Yeah, let's hope nobody played uh, Joshua Kelly, the guy we've seen this too many times, this script of Joshua Kelly being the lead back and just failing. But yeah, good point, Dowie. Uh, yeah, that's the big game. <laughs> that's the big game oh. edit it out <laughs> that's the big game of course uh, the Chargers against the Vikings but yeah should we jump into our picks yeah, yeah. have you got a quarterback then Dowie well speaking of the Chargers and Vikings I'm going Kirk Cousins in two games he's already averaged 350 passing yards per game he's had six touchdowns in the two games it's a high scoring game on the slate 
Brandon Staley's probably the worst defensive coach in the league. Have he still got a job? I don't know. So I'm all over Kirk Cousins at 6,900. He's cheaper than Herbert as well. So I really like Kirk Cousins on that one. My cheaper quarterback is Gino. 5,700. He bounced back after a poor week one. He had 328 yards and two touchdowns. Yet to throw an interception as well this season. He looked much better this week. And I do think Seahawks have great weapons. You know, they've got Metcalf, Lockett, JSN. So for me, 5,700. I thought that was quite cheap, personally. Yeah. For for Gino and the Seahawks offense. So I think if you're looking to save some money, Gino's a good option at that price. Yeah, I, I like. I was looking at Gino's one. I like him. They lost a two offensive tackles, uh, Cross and Abram Lucas. Uh, but still, 41-year-old Jason Peters held them. And I think Gino's was sacked maybe once in the game or if at all. So that was a big surprise. Uh, and Lions have a good pass rush as well, don't they? So They do, yeah. So that's an interesting one. I think with Gino, the only thing is the best we get out of Gino is when he gets pushed. So you better hope that the uh, Panthers can keep up. But then again, uh, if we think about it, you know, Gino's Gino can put up points in a hurry with Metcalf and uh, Locker. It's interesting because I think that game might be uh, less in the air and more on the ground. Yeah. But we'll get to that in a bit. Um, but Cousins, um, yeah, I probably am all over Cousins as well. I've tried to go different in my picks, but uh, that Chargers defence is absolutely dreadful, isn't it? And you've going got Cousins with Hawkinson and Jefferson against that, and that just seems like a no-brainer. And my only concern is, is everybody's going to be on that. But, uh, you know, he's cheap. Jefferson obviously isn't. But I suppose the other option is if you didn't want to go Jefferson, you could do a Cousins... Hawkinson stack. Um, so you got those two assets from the Vikings at a cheaper price. And on this slate where I think there's so many options and it's hard to decide, you know, how many games you want to target, I think that gives you the ability to spread your risk and to pick assets in other games. Otherwise, if you go get Jefferson and Cousins, then you have the option of. Uh, um, you have less options of picking decent assets out of other games, and I think there's plenty of games to try and get assets from. Um, but Cousins, I think, is an is a no brainer, really. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Cousins, and that Chargers defense is garbage, right? Um, although yeah. Brandon Staley is this defensive genius, um, but I I've always thought that given the way the Vikings' offense is really concentrated. We could see a situation where Jefferson has 150 yards and two touchdowns and Cousin throws 270 yards, right? So I think you can mm. play Jefferson irrespective of Cousins, but what you're really hoping when you have Cousins is he has over 300 yards and, you know, Hawkinson or Addison gets 100 yards and then Jefferson goes nuclear. So I think Cousins sort of the best, on paper, Cousin is the best option, probably apart from Gino on the slate. But uh, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't prohibit myself from playing Jefferson in non-Cousins lineups. And I mean, last week what we saw was something yeah. like Danny Dimes, that is a rushing quarterback. You know, some of these rushing quarterbacks can put up 
lots of points uh, in a hurry and outscore the higher priced and more popular quarterback. So that's one of the things I'm thinking about this slate is if I want to get mm-hmm. access to that charges against the Vikings game, is there a way where I do a skinny stack would say, let's say just for example, CJ Stroud and, you know, Nico Collins. And then I have if Eckler's first Eckler and then Jefferson and maybe um, Addison, because that might be a way that you could end up, you could end up um, getting similar points for a cheaper quarterback and then having access to uh, access to that game. Um, any other quarterbacks? Yeah. So as I forgot, obviously the uh, Miami, the Minnesota against the Chargers game. But then on my list of quarterbacks, I've got actually Herbert on the other side. Uh, with that. So we both, so we all seem to like this game. With that defense, uh, they blitz a lot, which means that Herbert can, they don't cover as much at the back. And, you know, that allows Herbert to throw deep. And last week against uh, pass funnel defense, Herbert put up 25 points. But I don't think it was his ceiling. And, you know, it's been probably two years since we've seen Herbert break 30 DK points. So, I think this could be the week if it becomes a shootout. And I'll be particularly mm. interested in Herbert if Eckler's playing, because I think Eckler being there, being a decent runner, but also being able to catch passes means that it just gives them more options because no one's worried about Joshua Kelly uh, banging into the defensive line. So I think uh, Herbert, if you go up from Cousins and you pay that 600 more, you could end up with half the ownership in the in the best game environment uh, of the week. And I can see Herbert being the best scoring quarterback and outscoring Mahomes. Uh, so, and Allen and Jackson. The other quarterback I'm interested in is uh, Goff against the Falcons. Uh, Goff had a ceiling game last week, and it's very rare that Goff's another quarterback like Cousins where you don't wear... He can throw for, you know, I'm on St. Ra can go for 100 yards and Goff only throws for 200. But in that dome environment, and the way I'm thinking about Goff at the moment is, was how David Montgomery uh, in the team, mm. I can see them having to lean more on the pass. Um, Gibson, they didn't seem to trust him in pass pro last week. So I think they're going to be leading more short passing screens and everything else. And that Falcons run defense has improved a lot. So I think that could be a sneaky shootout because, um, you know, the run game for the Falcons is brilliant. And in the dome, Goff has pre- uh, performed particularly well at home. So I'm liking Goff at 6,500 against the Falcons uh, at home. Yeah, I must admit, I like Herbert and Goff. You know, they both put up numbers. We always say Lions are great in fantasy format. So you always rely on Goff. And like I say, I do like her, but the only reason we're covering is just because he's a bit cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. have you gone with? Um, so I've gone with two different options to although I would pick cousins. I'm I was gonna stick it out there. I've gone with two other options. I think there's quite a lot of decent options that you don't have to go and pick, you know, any of these really expensive uh, prices quarterbacks this week. Dak, for example. Playing Arizona, their opponent rank is 30th against quarterbacks, um, and they are dreadful. So I think it's for me when you've got 
how bad their defense is as well. Arizona's not going to get a heap of first downs. I would imagine that Dallas is on the field with its offense a lot, um, and there's opportunity there. And I think Prescott might get a rushing touchdown in this game because Arizona have let in uh, multiple rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks, I believe, this season so far. So I'm, I'm going to put a little prediction on that one. Um, and then my other one is Watson. Um, I think we all saw uh, what happened to Chubb uh, last night. We recorded this on the on a Tuesday, by the way, but last night that was dreadful. Um, and I believe, A, they are now facing uh, the number one offence against running back so far this season. Um, and they were good last season as well. So, you know, it's an obvious pattern. So do we really think that um, the replacement's going to come in and they're going to be as run-heavy as normal? Personally, I don't think so. I think there's a very good argument that Titans, who are 30th, um, I believe, against wide receivers or something stupid like that, and particularly their 23rd against quarterbacks, I quite like targeting that matchup and having Deshaun Watson and um, potentially one or two of the talents as a stack uh, in my lineups. Because I don't think the Sean will be a particularly heavily picked quarterback, although that, you know, with the Chubb argument, maybe the percentage will go up a bit more. But I think he's going to get ignored because of the other options we have in what I think people would see as higher scoring games. Interesting. So I'll get into Prescott before Riku does, because that's his boy. <laughs> I really like Prescott. My worry with that game is Cowboys take a lead early and then run the ball with Pollard. So, you know, you might see something like Lamb gets out 100 yards, a touchdown. Dak might only throw for 200 yards and they might then run the ball quite easily with Pollard. So that would be my only uh, problem with Prescott. Yeah. I, he can I get a rushing touchdown. Yeah, I think it'll happen. Yeah, that's the only... I think that's the saving grace if it can... But... I I, re- I have the same concerns as Dowie. I just think in this McCarthy offense, they aren't going to let that cook too much. But if he can get a rushing touchdown, then I think for that price, uh, you know, he can probably outperform some of the higher price guys. So I think he might be a QB, particularly if it's another low-scoring week, say where Mahomes and Allen and Jackson and Herbert, for example, don't really go nuclear then someone like Dak at a cheap cheaper price point even if he's a few points off those guys can make a big difference so yeah Um, think about Watson I you know what I like Watson uh and I was thinking about him it's a pass funnel the Cardinal uh, sorry the penalty defense is a pass funnel but they have one of the best run defenses in the league uh Watson threw the ball 40 times last night completed 22 passes two true for 235 yards um he hasn't. He's yet to break 300 yards since he's been back, uh, but there's been a few bad weather games. But we saw Watson use his legs a bit more uh, last time, and I think maybe this injury and this gruesome injury could cause him to have to use his legs more. Uh, so mm. I think, I think you know Watson's an interesting play because I like to try and play. Anybody that's facing Titans as a QB, if they're going to throw the ball. So I think, and also Watson's an easy stack, right? You stack him with, say, Cooper and Juku or Njoku or more, or even Jerome Ford at 4,800 because he, you know, he catches a few passes. And that can allow you to get to uh, J- 
Jefferson, for example. If Jefferson goes for yeah. 40 points and you have to have Jefferson to win a tournament, then if you play in Dak and Cooper, who might get you 28 points, it's a lot cheaper than uh, going all the way up to Kirk or going all the way up to Herbert. And yeah. I like that. Excellent. Let's move cool. to running backs then. Who wants to start? Shall I start? I'll start because I love running backs. <laughs> All right then. Bijan, 7,800. Just come off 19 carries, 124 yards. He's that focal point in Arthur Smith's offense. We all know Smith is probably one of the best schemers of the running game. So I just think he has that ceiling of a big score, especially with pass catching. You know, they don't like to use Pitts. They don't like to use Drake London. It is just the Bijan show. And they give Johnny a bit of work. So 7,800 is expensive, but I expect him to score high weekly. Yeah, I mean, I think Bijan's a great play. The only worry I have, and he's really, you know, you watch him, he's probably the best running back in the NFL period already. Right, he scored um, 24 points. And what did he have? He had like many 180 all-purpose yards. Uh, Tyler Algier had 16 touches. They do run the ball a lot, right, as a team. My worry with Bijan is that Tyler Algier vultures one or two of his uh, touchdowns. But, you know, I think on paper, Bijan's probably the Bijan or Pollardo best plays of the week. I think so, running back. And then my cheaper option, Brees Hall, 5,600. It's coming off a poor game after an electric week one of 127 yards. Now, this game's going to be different. I don't think the Pats can put numbers up like the Cowboys on the offense. So that's going to suit Jets' game of running more, not needing to throw. We know you can't trust Zach Wilson throwing the ball. So I just think Brees Hall, he's got the talent and skill. You've seen what Mostert also did to uh, the Pats' uh, D. So... I think at 5,600, very good price for Brees Hall. So he should be able to get 100 yards, maybe a touchdown. So that would pay you off there. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go next. And I think a lot of people will be going for, um, a lot of people will be going for um, Jerome Ford, who had a, a yeah. 27 DK points yesterday. I think that Tennessee run defense is one of the best in the NFL. So he might be another uh, Joshua Kelly situation and I also wouldn't be surprised if they mix in a bit more peer strong and you know figure something out during the week so I think that one's a trap uh, my cheap option I'll start with that and I'll go to a more expensive is Javante Williams Miami mm-hmm. uh, conceded over 200 yards against the Chargers in the first game essentially the Pangio defense invites people to run run uh, run at them and takes away uh, sort of deep shots, which will be Russell, which is sort of Russell Wilson's best weapon. So I think Javante Williams is now the fairly clear uh, lead back in that team. We know that he's coming off an injury, but he already had 12 uh, rushing attempts and uh, three targets in the last game. The game before that, he had 13 rushing attempts and six targets for 5,500. I think he can be a nice cheap pivot uh, if you look into get cheaper and be a bit different from those teams that go for uh, Ford. Uh, my more expensive option, and you know, Bijan and Pollard are probably the standout ones on the paper, right? 
the way how the Cowboys are using Pollard is surprising me. I mean, he had 25, yeah, 25 rushes and eight targets uh, last uh, week. And that's like McCaffrey numbers or even more. But I like ETN, Houston's defense, historically been bad against the run. I think they might have improved the bit. But I think if Jacksonville can establish a, re- a lead, uh, ETN's been the clear lead back in that uh, offense. It might be a good game for him to go nuclear. Uh, so I think ETN, after a fairly disappointing uh, week two, I think some people will be off him. He scored 6.2 points on 12 attempts and uh, three targets against the Chiefs. But Chris Jones back. But in week one, we got 21.4 points uh, as a similar price to this. So he's that 6,900. So I could see him being uh, the highest scoring running back. Uh, and that wouldn't surprise me. So I think ETN's interesting. About you, JB? Okay. So I'm t- I, I picked two basically from the same game. We've got two of the worst performing uh, defences against running backs this season. Um, and the Seahawks were... I think 30th last season against running backs. So I am targeting Walker and Sanders um, because I believe this game is going to be spent more on the ground than in the air. Um, the Panthers have been pretty good in the air. So uh, against defending against wide, res- uh, wide receivers. So I think Kenneth Walker has, is going to have a big part to play in this game. I believe they've only conceded did um, over the two games and they were um, fairly good last season against wide receivers as well it's more through the ground is how you get through the Panthers and you know with the Panthers as well um, I just don't see um, I, they, they haven't got good enough weapons and they're going to rely on running the ball more the only concern about Sanders obviously is his snap percentage because it's around the 60, 65% and Chubba Hubbard does, you know, eat into that. But um, I think if it's a close run game, which I think it's going to be, um, I think it's, yeah, I'd see it as a ground game. I don't see it as a game in the air at all. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting because you, you probably would think that Gina would like to use his wide receivers, but it's, then, then it's not the easiest team to play the Panthers as it, for a QB and wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, and I think, Look, he's got 18 and 14 uh, rush attempts and six and five targets in his first two games. So, you know, that's near elite usage. I mean, Trooper Hubbard's uh, had a lot more snaps than we would have liked uh, last night. Uh, I think... Bryce Young didn't have a good game, though, so I do think they ran a lot more as well. Yeah, I mean, Hubbard's had five targets, but he was he was clearly the... Uh, not the three down, not the three down back because they probably spelled him a bit. But Hubbard was the tra- change of pace back. But I think Miles yeah. Sanders is this week's um, Brian Robinson slash Rashad White to win, who did very well last week. These are three yeah. down backs in offenses that nobody likes to target. A five thousand seven hundred, the same price as Dalvin Cook and AJ Dillon. I think it's a very good play. Right. That's why I, th- I think he's very cheaply priced. Yeah, especially if you want to then again load load up towards the Justin Jefferson. You've you've spent hardly anything on your two running backs if you're doing right. Walker and Sanders. Speaking of Jefferson, let's move to wide receivers. Rico, you want to go first? 
Yeah, I mean, look, the obvious one is Jefferson, right? Jefferson, but when we have a wide mm. receiver at 9,300 on your roster, he's got 27 and 29 DK points. Even if he gets 33 or 34 DK points, he isn't killing your roster, right? That's like what Pukunaku and Nico Collins and others got last week, uh, Keenan Allen. So I think Jefferson's interesting and he's got the highest ceiling. He could easily go for 40 or 50 points and you have to have him. But I do think if he becomes super popular, then I'm willing to fade him because he, I'm willing to I'm willing to lose if Jefferson goes nuclear. But any roster that has Jefferson and he goes for 30 points, that's not worth it. So I'm I'm thinking about cheap options. So the one I've identified is seven thousand Chris Larve. Uh, against the Packers, who have a good defense, but Derek Carr is really airing the ball out at the uh, New Orleans Saints. Uh, Dow will know about Carr airing the ball out, but he's decent at throwing the deep ball. Uh, just for context, Olave hasn't scored a touchdown yet. He went 112 yards on 10 targets, on 11 targets, 86 yards uh, in the first two games. He has 21 targets in two games. So that's elite usage. At 7,000, I think his ceiling is much higher than, say, Amon St. Ra's or possibly even Diggs against the Washington defense. So I think at 7,000, mm. you can get a bit different and go for Larvey. I don't think many people are going to click on him because people chase the points from Keenan mm. Allen last week. Look at Jefferson, look at Tyreek Hill. But yeah. I, I like Olave for that reason. The the other ones I've identified is uh, Amari Cooper for the same reasons that we spoke about Watson. Yeah. Pass funnel, uh, 5,700 against a terrible Tennessee. Cheap. Yeah, very cheap. cheap. Likely to be popular, so keep an, I'll keep an eye on that. And my cheap guy is a guy that has Dowie's heart, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Nelson Aguilar... Uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, NFL journeyman, he OBJ got injured, and I think OBJ is meant to be out, right? Pretty sure. If you, look at, if you look at sleep, think so. every half an hour, he's meant to be out, right? So people assume that Bateman's going to be the uh, sort of life-to-life replacement, and we've seen the Baltimore offense throw the ball a lot more. Three thousand two hundred in the last game, OBJ went out sort of fairly early. Aguilar had six targets, five receptions, 63 yards, and one touchdown. And that's 17.3 points. Uh, and I'm not chasing points, but I think Aguilar was very good in preseason from what we read camp report. It wouldn't surprise me if Aguilar had a lot of time uh, playing on the perimeter for uh, the Ravens. And at 3,200, he could be a nice pump play. So I'm I'm chasing that uh Hail Mary and hoping that Aguilar hits a uh, 3,200. I really like that player. Aguilar actually is a really underrated wide receiver. He's seen the season he had at the Raiders. Yeah, exactly. The Pats Pats played him. He didn't work off, but you have to think no wide receiver does well in the Pats. Um, Like you said, one big deep ball and a touchdown. That's his money paid and... If you're spending three thousand two hundred on a player, it gives you a lot more money elsewhere to invest in your team. So it's a great pivot because there'll probably only be a couple people who have him as well. 
Yeah, and, you know, they threw the ball 33 times lot in the last game. So I think people are still of the mindset that Jackson's just rushing. But I think Jackson's playing a lot more in the pocket. They have a lot more three wide receiver sets. So I think Aguilar could easily be the second most targeted receiver in that offense uh, after Andrews. And obviously Zay Flowers gets his scheme touches, but who knows, you know, at 3,200 there's risk involved, but I think it's worth a part. Mm. This is what picks yeah. make you win the league. Yeah. Well, I, see, I, I, I also think that um, going on cheap, um, another one that I think if you're high on Goff in the Dome um, and you want to pivot away from Amon Ra, then Josh Reynolds, 4,200. And it's not like he's, he's just going for one massive target um to get his points for the week he's getting six or seven reception six or seven targets over the first two weeks um 12 and 23 points 4200 i still think that's cheap yeah really I good think price and um he showed it in two weeks as well hasn't he? he's not just a yeah. one game like you know like you get them chiefs wide receivers that have that one big game you don't see him for a few weeks so I, I yeah i i played uh I didn't play Kukunakua last week because I thought it was going to be really popular. I played some 2 to Apple, but I think this is a similar play to Kukunakua last week where you, you've you seen the evidence. You've seen that he's clearly the second target mm. in that offense. His price keeps going up, but he's still too cheap for that price. So I think Josh Reynolds, and I think actually his price going up to 4200 people are probably less likely to click him because they think he's... They remember him from the Rams days and the Tennessee days and like it's Josh Reynolds. But, you know, if that game against the Falcons is a bit of a shootout, then, you know, Josh Reynolds could be the guy that gets the touchdowns and 4,200, he might be a really good option. So where are you going then, Dowie? So my cheaper pick is Addison, 5,500. Now, that's just my little pivot to Jefferson and Cousin Steph, just because it's much cheaper. Now, Addison's had a touchdown in both games. Decent yardage. He's, quick, he's as quick as he drives. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? I can see him getting one touchdown, 100 yards, 5,500 in a shootout. Everyone's going Jefferson. Addison, for me, would be my pivot. How about KJ Osborne? I don't, Love it. You know, I like Osborne, but... I, Addison gets the yardage. I don't know. I'm I'm just looking through Osborne's game log. I mean, he had six targets in both games, uh, three catches. He only had thirty about thirty yards in both games and one touchdown. But you know, he's I like Addison a lot. And I was actually the first lineup I made had Addison very much for the reasons he outlined. But I think if you're looking at four hundred, four thousand to get into the highest scoring game environment or point total game environments of the week. I think Osborne's a decent punt. So I'll, I'll probably, what I'll probably look to do is if I do six, seven lineups of the week, I'll probably look to mix yeah. and match and have like, but you know, Hawkinson, Jefferson, Osborne and uh, Addison, all of them maybe in, you know, if I do six lineups, I'll probably cover all of them in five lineups. I might have two, you know, two Hawkinsons, one of Addison Jefferson, wherever these guys fit, but I think it's probably worth considering all of them. And you know, if if Osborne gets two touchdowns and goes for 
60 yards on six targets. That's two touchdowns away from Jefferson, will be probably the most popular wide receiver on the slate. So I think Addison's mm-hmm. the same play in many ways that, you know, if Addison gets a touchdown, that's a touchdown away from Jefferson. So, yeah, I like Addison as an option. Uh, my expensive pick, me and Johnny B have got the same. We went yep. CD Lamb, 7,700. Coming off 11 receptions, 143 yards. Now, I'm in awe of Cowboys' offense. They're in my top five power rankings. They're playing the Cardinals, who let Danny Jones put 35 points. You know, you've seen Jalen Hyatt. Now, obviously, I'm wearing a Tennessee Vols jersey. I was a big Hyatt fan. Yeah. But you've seen these wide receivers have good games against the Cardinals. Lamb is brilliant. I, I really like him. He's got that connection with uh, Prescott. I think he can get 100 yards, get a touchdown. I think he'll do well this week. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. Uh, I'm obviously biased. Um, the other thing is he did that against Source Gardner, right? It's a bit different doing that against Source Gardner versus whoever the Cardinals have at cornerback. So I think, yeah, I think he could be. And I also think given his price, so he's, you know, you pay a bit more, you pay a bit less, you go for Keenan Allen or Ridley, you pay a bit more. You go to Tyreek Hill and Jefferson. I could just see Lamb being squeezed because people people don't like playing uh, wide receivers that are going to be massive massive home favorites. Like if you think about people want to play wide receivers in shootouts and where there's a lot of yardage. But again, nobody played Lamb last week. So just looking at um, is the ownership up? Well, yeah. Just looking at last week, right? They were playing against the Giants. Uh, sorry, not the Giants, the Jets. I'll just pull up his tourna- tournament ownership, um, whether anybody played him, just to see. But yeah, I like him as a player. What do you think, Johnny? Obviously, I'm high on Lamb as well, um, just because I like the matchup. Um, you've both gone over my two picks of Lamb and Cooper, so I don't really need to go over it too much. And I pretty much explained it before when we we're talking about Dak and uh, Watson. But even if he... I. You know, even what you said, he could easily get the majority of his points just in the first half and not be that involved in the second half because it goes to Pollard. Yeah. He could go for 100 and something yards, uh, two touchdowns and um, a load of receptions quite easily in just one half against this Cardinals defence. So I looked in a 15,000-person tournament. Lamb was 1.7% owned. So yeah. that was last week. And it's, it's the same thesis, right? Um, I don't think I I don't suspect Lamb will be the highest scoring wide receiver in the team. Sorry, in the off the week, but I do think he would get you thirty points because there could be someone random, say a not random, but say a Mike Williams, someone cheap, or you know a Gabe Davis type or somebody that goes mm-hmm. for those points. But Lamb is probably if you take floor ceiling combo, I'd say after your Jefferson and maybe Hill. Lamb probably has a, you know, probably the best floor ceiling combo. Yeah. There's not many ways that Lamb's going to fail, right? And you're paying thirteen to sixteen hundred less than Hill and Jefferson. Exactly. Shall we move on to the position no one cares about? Tight end. Yeah, yeah. can do. Tight ends suck. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny B, you can start us with tight ends. Like my cheaper option out of this week is. Uh, Ferguson for Dallas. Again, I'm targeting the matchup. Um, 
And if they decide to slow it down a bit in the second half, he might get a bit more uh, in the game. He's been used in both games. He only got four targets last week compared to his seven against the Giants. But um, I just fancy him in this match matchup. I quite like him. He looked good last week as well. I know he's a bit touchdown dependent and his price has managed to go up to 3,600. So maybe it's a bit too expensive, but I just want to target the matchup against the Cardinals without having to go to Pollard really. And I think he could be a guy that could get some action. All right. Here's a, here's a quiz for you guys. Can you guess who were the six highest scoring tight ends last week in DK? This tells you everything about the state you need to know about tight ends at the moment. I Jake, mean, Jake Ferguson, Laporta. No, nope. I would have said Laporta's in there. Yeah, Laporta's in there. About Knox and Kincaid. They both got about nine to uh, No. Number 15.5 is the highest, so it's pretty tight. Did Hawkinson get in there in the end? Oh, he wasn't the main slate. I'm just looking at the main slate. Oh, he wasn't, was he? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I'm trying to cut. It's hard to remember now. I'll, I'll read Did you they... both names just to spare everybody's pain. Number one, Mark Andrews, 15 and a half. Darren Waller, 13.6. Kel, yeah. 12.6. Ingram, 11.7. Zach Ertz, 11.6. Sam Laborta, 11.3. Kylan Granson, 10.6. Logan Thomas, 10.2. Kate Otten, Jake Ferguson, Tyler Conklin. We had players like uh, Knox and then Fan. Like, what is the point of this position? I'd rather him put kickers in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, you might as well. You might as well just go and spend three grand on Troutman. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, look, if if Troutman gets you six points and the highest scoring tight ends are that you pay like a couple of grand more for are going to get you. Four more points. I might as well spend that money on the Dallas defense. And maybe I'm looking at that next week. Might just go up for a Dallas defense yeah. on tight end because there's a better chance that the Dallas defense gets you 25 points. 20. Yeah. And the tight end yeah. will get you five, six points anyway. So it's starting to look that way. I'm all on board. You've sold me. I'm going <laughs> to do it as well. I've actually, <laughs> done, I've actually done that this week. So. <laughs> My cheap tight end, and he's probably gonna be my tight end, is Noah Fant, two thousand nine two thousand nine hundred. Tight ends don't score well. I'm not paying two thousand nine two thousand nine hundred is nothing. He had fifty nine yards off four receptions last week. If he gets that again this week, that'll do me. And then that's gonna why I'm gonna pay higher on my defense this week. So saying saying that, I'll give you my expensive tight end, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, maybe because of Dallas, I mean, 6,500, but I view him as a pass catcher. I am being really as tight end. The other one I had was King Cade at 3,400, mm-hmm. just because, again, I view him as a slot receiver. I don't view him as a, I don't view him as a classic tight end, but, you know, play whoever you like, play Durham Smythe, play Mike Gesicki, play Cole Turner, doesn't really matter at this point. Just play. I'll be honest. Um, I uh, looking at this. I did have a look at um Kelsey seven thousand two hundred. Now he's Chiefs number one receiver, isn't he? Really, he's not so much a tight end. Um, now last week we know he wasn't fit. 
They're playing a poor Bears defence. Could this be one when the Chiefs' offence starts cooking and Kelsey gets them a couple of touchdowns and the good yardage? Maybe, but you know what my worry about Kelsey this week is? If they, when they beat the Justin Fields, you know, half-time they up by 30 points, they're going to run out Noah fans and, sorry, not Noah Gray and other guys. They're not going to risk Kelsey's injury. So I think that's my worry about the Kelsey play this week. It is not going to be a tight game. Um, also, I think this will be the week when the Chiefs will scheme touches for Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Richard James, all these other guys, you know. So, so I, I, I like Kelsey. I think Kelsey's, you know, I don't think he's the best player on the slate. I think Hawkinson is, you know, unless it's a divisional game or an absolute shootout that Kelsey doesn't, doesn't tend to cook. So now we've spoken enough about tight ends. Let's move to defence and I'll start with that because I've saved my money going Noah Fan 2,900. I am going to take the Chiefs at 3,900 because they're playing the Bears. They're playing Justin Fields. There's going to be plenty of sacks, plenty of interceptions. Now, we've seen the Chiefs' defence this year start really good. They mm. held Jags to 17, who are a good offence. Lions, one of the best scoring offences, only got 21. Now they're playing Justin Fields. Like, he's bad. He's not good. I just I think Chiefs are going to score high this week, really high. Agreed. Um, yeah. In in that vein, I like I like. Uh, I mean, I like both sides of the Washington and Commanders against Bills. You know, both defenses are cheap and good. I'd probably favour you know Bills against the Commanders two thousand nine hundred. But yeah. I think the best outside of the obvious one, which is the Cowboys, I think the best play on this slate from a defensive perspective is Cleveland Browns against Tennessee. Tannehill has actually thrown the ball quite a lot this year. Tannehill hasn't looked good throwing the ball. Tennessee have the worst defensive line in the NFL. Uh, I'd say mm-hmm. worse than the Bears. Good luck with Zedarius Smith and Miles Garrett coming at you. Uh, so the risk, of course, is Tennessee just won the ball and don't throw the ball. But if Tannehill, if anybody watched Red Zone yes, uh, last you know last weekend, the amount of times they showed uh, the Chargers when Tannehill was dropping back sacking him, I think he must have got fa- sacked five or six times in that game. So that's already six points. I can see the Browns who blitz a lot more sacking him six or seven times, turning the ball over a few times. So for three thousand three hundred. This week, I'm going to pay up for defense. I'll be targeting the Cowboys. I'll be targeting the Browns. I might even look at uh, Buffalo. But yeah, I like those defenses. The other, I'll just finish this. The other cheap one I have is the Jets have one of the best defenses in the league. They don't have a quarterback, but they still have a really good defense and Mm. one of the best, if not the best, secondaries in the league. Mac Jones against uh, the Jets' defense. So I like Jets' defense at two thousand eight hundred, and I don't think um the Patriots can put up a huge amount of points. So they won't start negative scoring for that. So I think this week's quite good for defense. So definitely worth looking and paying up, and not just clicking the cheapest defenses because I think this week there's lots of different options. Johnny Bear. Yeah, I think I'm. I, I'm. I think I'm going to target the Bills. Um, I can't see... I don't think the Washington commanders are going to 
be putting up loads of points against the Bills personally. And, um, you know, if the Cardinals can get seven sacks against uh, Washington, the Bills can. Yeah. Bills pass rush is elite as well. It yeah. is. I, that, it's probably the best part of our defence at the moment, I think. Us Washington don't really have an offensive line, so that, that, that as well, yeah. I, I can I can see a lot of sacks for the Bills, um, and I think also I'd imagine the Bills are going to go up with a lead, and the Commanders are going to have to chase it. So there's probably some interception opportunities as well. Um, I just yeah, the, the Washington thirty first rank are uh, against DSTs uh, on DraftKings for this season so far as well. So I, and that's with giving the Broncos one point. Yeah, I I mean, look, I think Bills, Browns, uh, I don't mind Seahawks either because rookie QBs, Chiefs, Dallas, I think this is the week to really pay up for defence. Even, you know, Patriots or uh, Jets, that could be a high turnover game as in lots of turnovers and fumbles and interceptions. I think this Mm -hmm. week probably have to look at paying up for defence or doing something because I could see there being three or four defences score for 20 points. And if you get a defence that has two points, that's 18 points different. And that could be the difference between winning and losing a tournament. So I think if there's any week this year that I've looked at the slate and said, you know what, I'm just going to pay up for defence. I'm not going to worry about tight end or anything else. This is probably the week. Definitely. I agree. Well, although Dowie sounds like he's going to do it every week. Dowie has 60k on his on his DraftKings app, and he still finishes third at best, so or fourth at best. So. Listen, I'm the highest ranked one out of all of us in the league. Put some oh, respect it, in there. There's only one thing that matters: who's won the most money. Yeah, and I'm on the top of that as well. Yeah, we both are. We're joint, aren't we? Maybe next season I'll get the uh, DFS expert off Rika. Oh yeah, exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> I think that's the thing. I'm the expert, but as we know in society today, you don't have to actually prove anything. You can still be an expert, right? That's true. Yeah. Very good. Very good. That is our uh, little preview for you for week three Sunday slate. Make sure you get your teams in for the Fields of Fancy DFS contest for week three. Link is in the description. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at UK to make sure you get the jump on the league. Uh, straight away as well thanks very much for listening and good luck for your week three teams one more thing can i say one more thing uh okay (laughs) there's two leagues DraftKings won't delete an old reoccurring league do not join the other one just join the one that says do not join the other one so we've got the two leagues week three league join that don't join the other league in our uh, group if if you're in there thank you